What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to episode 1,157 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you, and today is a special one because we're talking to Genevieve Leopold, who is actually an artist, and the cool thing about this conversation is she's an artist, she's a painter, she paints these beautiful paintings, but unfortunately, she also needs to go out there and sell her paintings, and she wants to use social media, but it's a little bit hard for her because when she's painting, she needs to be fully invested into her paintings. But then social media likes to see these things happen at the same time. So how do we balance content creation versus the art creation? That's what we're talking about with Genevieve today. And so make sure to sit back, relax, listen in. And I'm sure there's gonna be something in here for you that you can relate to. And you'll get a sense of just, I mean, what we came up with was brilliant and, and it was sort of a team effort. So make sure you stick around and listen to that. Here we go. Genevieve, welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. It's really exciting to be on the podcast. I'm very thankful for you. And I think we should start out by learning a little bit about you first. So Genevieve, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Okay, so my name is Genevieve Leobold and I'm an abstract painter from the UK. And I'm based, I have a studio based in Serbia in Belgrade. And I've been painting for, well, I think as an artist all my life, but professionally since 2014. That's so cool. And I know that you guys are in this lockdown again, right? There's a lot of things going on in the world right now. What are you doing right now with your extra time? I'm sure more paintings and whatnot, right? Well, it's, it's interesting actually because I'm based between the UK and Serbia. So I'm actually in Belgrade at the moment, but it's an interesting challenge because normally I sell work in the UK. So my supply chain is <laughs> slightly disrupted at the moment. And right. exhibitions obviously have been cancelled. So more time in the studio for sure. And more time doing jigsaw puzzles. I do like jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> I love jigsaw puzzles. They're fun. Actually, if you can enlighten us, like what is the business model? I like I love to know how that all works. So you you make a painting, what happens to it and how do you how do you thrive as a business owner? Okay. That is a, it's an interesting question because I think it's changed a lot over the last few years, actually, as the gallery model has changed. So there are more, I'm an independent artist, so I, I prefer to represent myself rather than have 50% taken by a gallery. So I make work. I have a collector list who I email work to. I would normally have exhibitions and art fairs for meeting new clients and collectors and sharing a whole body of work at once. And since the this year or last year even, can't believe it's been 12 months. <laughs> Obviously, I also have Instagram and all of those online things. But yeah, normally it would have been primarily selling through face-to-face. -face. And so it's changed a lot in 12 months. It's been a big change. Yeah, well, that's cool. It's just really exciting to know that you have like a collector list. So an, e an email list that you send out to and you create something new, that's really neat. And I think more artists definitely need to do that. And that's excellent. So what's going on? How, how can I help you? What's on your mind? So my question is about the balance between creative time and promotional marketing time. And I've noticed more and more because of the moving online a lot more and having to spend more time thinking about creating content to talk to people online, it impacts my creative process because the two, though I love, I do love the social media side of things and I love introducing people to my like backstage and to the studio but actually I can't work creatively when there's people present so there's I, I'm sort of interested in 
trying to find a way to create balance between those two things and allow people into the studio, but not get lost in that, if that makes sense. And when you say allow people into the studio, what does that mean exactly? So on my Instagram feed, I quite often do stories where I show the process of a painting. So I'll bring people into, you know, stretching the canvas, priming the canvas, setting up the palette, the plates, the paints and everything. And I love doing that. But I think the kind of pressure to create more content means that sometimes I end up doing more of that than I do actually completing bodies of work that require a level of concentration that just I, I can't. Yeah. Because um, then you got like make sure the camera angles right as you're painting, for example. And it's like, well, it's just kind of screwing with my sort of outlet in my my creativity because I have to focus on this other thing at the same time. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly that. Okay. So interestingly enough, I know a few other artists who are actually doing some things online. And one thing that they've done to combat this is they've sort of separated them a little bit. And I think this is a great question in terms of balance, but not necessarily having everything happen knowing that somebody's watching it all kind of come together and you have to like talk people through it and there's a lot of interruptions and stuff but essentially you just create the art like you you do what you do and then you come in later when it's time to market and promote and you can add like a voiceover and you can talk about the work it's just a camera set up as you're doing something and maybe there's a way to have like a a couple cameras so you have a couple angles one of them maybe is a time-lapsed one which is often a very fun thing to watch later and would only be cool after the fact right and so you can concentrate on everything you have just make it easy set up something so that you can then let it be mm-hmm. and then later and take that and creatively somehow turn it into content and and something useful for those who want to watch and follow along. That way, your creative mind is still in your creative mind when you want to create, but then your marketing mind comes into play after you create, if that if that makes sense. And the example that I want to use is there's a guy, Clay Claim, I think his name is on YouTube. He, he does clay. And my kids and I, we watch him and we actually bought hundreds of dollars worth of clay after watching because Kai, my daughter, who's very creative and artsy, she just wanted to go full on. And we've still been doing it. It's definitely been a, a great investment. But I noticed his videos. They're all voiceover videos. I think it's the same. He can't talk while doing the work. He has work first, but he has an overhead view of him doing the clay and stuff. And what we're watching is all of that. But his thoughts afterwards, because we, we noticed it sometimes he was like, oh, yeah, and this piece right here, I remember doing this. And it was actually very difficult. And you'll see here how I'm trying to put these two pieces together versus like in real time. It's actually a lot slower if you do it in real time, even skip over and just get to the good parts and, and content creation afterwards. How is this sitting with you? Is this something that you might be able to experiment with and, and try? Or is this sort of like, I don't know. No, no, it's really interesting, actually. And one of the things that I find really interesting is that other people would want to watch that. (laughs) Because I think there's something about feeling maybe fraudulent about creating something and then doing a narration over the top of it. But actually, that's lovely to hear that that is something that you wouldn't that you'd really engage with and find interesting. I suppose I get into the mindset where I feel like it has to be 100% real and it has to be me right now doing the thing I'm doing. And I hadn't really considered that I could you know, almost, and also probably add more value to it by by creating a narrative based on what I'm seeing myself do as well. Yeah, it, it could turn into this beautiful story, actually, that could only be structured after you have that sort of creativity then used for this portion of it, right? Yeah. Like you have your creative mind used for the actual piece, and then now you have your creative mind focused fully on this versus sort of a division of that of that focus. And, you know, I think a lot of us 
have been conditioned to sort of watch art in real time, like with Bob Ross, right? Yeah. And he's talking and he's telling this beautiful story, but he's done that millions of times and he knows how to keep a person engaged who's watching and it's, he just has this crazy style. And, and we all love Bob, obviously. But, you know, I think that there is actually the case to be made that you can't provide the best value if you were to try to do both at the same time. Yeah, that's what it feels like, actually. I feel like I'm compromising both, in On fact. both sides. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So tell me like what, if, if you were to do this, let's kind of just run a pretend exercise, your next piece, how might you set it up and, and let's just kind of walk through it so we can sort of imagine it together. Yeah. Okay. So I, I like the idea of having the camera. I have got a couple of different cameras that I can use and I paint. The other slight issue is that quite often I paint on the floor. So I like what you were saying about this guy having a camera above as well as the camera to the side. I also really love video editing, so I'd probably quite enjoy the creative oh, process of <laughs> creating something new from it. And I think it's actually hearing somebody else from the other side of it, because I think that the difficulty is get, getting into your own thoughts about creation. Sometimes you forget that there are things that you assume about the creative process that other people might not see or know and actually would engage with. So I suppose I could take more time to consider the palettes and the way that I mix the paints as well, maybe do a kind of whole walkthrough of the process. Whereas I tend to stick to just a little snippet of me painting or talking whilst I'm in the studio. I, I have some additional thoughts that perhaps can help you with creating the visuals at the end, because I know that you would probably care as much about the video visual as you do with your actual artwork on canvas. So number one, this idea of having like music behind it. That's something that would be very difficult to do live, especially to match the music to the emotion that you want to offer on video. So just, again, another essentially color that you could add to the video would be through music. And that would be really amazing to draw the emotion out and actually like create the momentum that you want with the piece that, and you can purposefully choose the music to represent like how you felt while painting this. Maybe it's more of a, I don't know, angry piece or something more aggressive looking, and then you can have music to support that. And that's something that would be very difficult to do on the fly while mm. painting live. Um, so that's one idea. And then another idea I had is, and, and I got this idea, I got to give credit to where credit is due. His name is Ali Abdal, and he is a YouTuber, millions of subscribers, and, and he and I develop a relationship together. And he had a video come out recently, a short one, but it was a great tip. And he said, you know, all of us, we need to create what's called a B-roll library. So B-roll is just like, video, no voice of just things, things that you do, things that you are involved with. So, you know, in my case, it might be me sitting on the couch, swiping an iPad or me typing on the keyboard or me, you know, adjusting the lights in my office, like seemingly random things that when I'm editing a video later, I can add in underneath my voice. Yeah, I see. Right. So you could, I could imagine some really nice, like maybe you hire a videographer one day just to come in and go, okay, just take as many videos of me just doing anything, right? So maybe there's a close-up photo of you dipping the paintbrush in the water, right? And like, that doesn't have to be specifically from the painting that is in the final video. It's just a matter of connecting those things together and then, then turning it into this almost documentary style sort of approach, which is a completely different flavor than just, you know, holding the camera in one hand and then kind of yeah. painting with the other one, which sometimes I'm sure it feels like that. And you'd be able to be more present with, with, with each part of it. Yeah, definitely. But I really like that idea, actually, creating B-roll clips. Yeah, to create a narrative, I suppose, around the work and around the piece and make it more fun. Totally. That, that's really cool. So I want to know more about, okay, let's say you have this edited video and it's, it's beautiful. 
Tell me what you do with it. Okay, so this is another aspect actually that's, that I am learning about, which is where to share and how to share and how much to share. And I mm-hmm. primarily use Instagram. Like that's that's where you'll Perfect find me. For you. Yeah. <laughs> Very w- w- where can we find you, by the way? T- tell us all where to go. So my Instagram handle is just my name. So it's at Genevieve Leobold. And my website is GenevieveLeobold.com. And I'm hoping this year to start YouTube as well, because I like, I really enjoy YouTube personally. Like I love watching other artists create work, create tutorials and kind of more defined classroom things, a bit more Bob Ross, I suppose. And so I think I'd like to sort of use that platform a bit more as well with videos sure so you have a very visual thing going on i think youtube would be a great platform <laughs> especially yeah. you know the longer form stuff that's a little bit more maybe doctored and edited and you know flavored in that in that way but on instagram tell me a little bit about what you do you think so i tend to i'm a little bit inconsistent i'll be honest because i get caught up in a I, I tend to share a lot of work that's for sale obviously and that it does work for me instagram's always worked really well as a sales platform actually because i think it's a nice way to connect with the backstory of an artist and then you see more of their work and I was trying to offer pieces at different price points. There's a brilliant initiative that was set up at the beginning of the lockdown in the UK by an artist called the Artist Support Pledge, which is a wonderful thing where it's based on a hashtag, which is very clever in order to, for artists to sell work. So I've been using that a lot. And then, yeah, no, it was amazing. This guy, yeah, really, really incredible set this thing up and it just went skyrocketed. And I also share images, uh, videos, occasionally ad hoc videos of a piece that I'm working on or an idea that's come into my head or a new project. But I would like to be a little bit more consistent with the types of content that I'm sharing and using stories a bit more effectively, I think. Yeah, stories are stories are fun too. And the cool thing about if you do YouTube, you can also make IGTV longer form videos yeah. that you can just pop into there as well and to get the full story, if you will. But I think, you know, if we imagine the workflow, right, you set up the cameras and you have them ready and they're just, they're just on. And then you do your work and you're fully 100% in your creative mind, you're in the flow. And then, you know, we, we get to see the whole process. And then you take the video and you edit some five, 10 minute, three minute, doesn't matter how long it is, just whatever you feel. And it becomes this beautiful package. On Instagram, obviously, the videos are only a minute on the regular feed and only 15 seconds on the TikTok or real type thing or, 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 or the stories. And what's really cool is you have this three, five, 10 minute thing that you can take certain moments of and you can actually extract just that moment. And if that's like a moment you wanted to share about within this much larger whole, that allows you to almost talk about the same piece four or five different times in many in multiple different ways. So that's called repurposing content, taking like the one main thing and then turning it into much more smaller pieces that you can have some fun with. And perhaps somebody would resonate with the sort of backstory part where you talk about the reason why you're painting this and what inspired you for it. Or perhaps the part in the middle where you talk about a special technique that you used makes it really interesting and seem even more rare as a piece. Or maybe how you feel after it's finished becomes another section. And so people can, in chunks, see the entire process, resonate with one or more of those particular things, or on YouTube find you, or watch the whole thing on Instagram TV. And essentially, one piece becomes a whole week's worth of content, right? Yeah, no, that's a really great idea. I hadn't thought of that at all. There's a woman, her name is or her Instagram handle is, is Red something, Red Honji, or, or I can't remember exactly her name, but she's this very amazing artist from Asia. And like when she's doing her work, she'll show like 
really close up photos of something to start. And you're just like, what is that? Or she'll she'll talk about the medium. Some she did this one piece of Jackie Chan, but it was done using chopsticks that were hanging on like fishing line. And oh, wow. based on the spacing of them and the density of them, you zoom out and it's like his face. And it's like this 20 foot tall piece. And it was really neat. But the way she started that was she was just like, hey, I'm exploring chopsticks. And there was just like a pile of chopsticks. And she's like, I'm exploring this from next medium. So now we're just like curious, what are you doing? And what, what's this about? And then she showed how she was tying them together in another one. It was just a photo. And she's like, yeah, considering densities of this to show different lights and darks in my paint in, in my art and like we have no idea what it's going to become so by the time we see it at the end and it's just this final piece we've already actually gotten a story along the way mm. as we were kind of in her head with her and it's just like mind-blowing when you like you're like how do you know how to do that and it's just it's just unreal so just some inspiration for you to see maybe there's other ways that you can tie in even before a piece is started how you know a person can start to begin to feel they're a part of this with you. Yeah, I like that idea. I have read your the I've read Superfans and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and you. I really Thank like you. that idea of taking people on a journey with your with your work and with your process and the idea of in, engaging people in the work as well with asking questions, which is something I haven't have yet to try greatly, but I really like I, I like hearing the stories about that woman for that reason, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Instagram, because you know how to use it, is a great platform for interaction. You can go live and, you know, maybe this is a few hours or a day before you actually go into your mindset of painting and just be like, hey, guys, I'm about to, you know, paint this picture and 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 here's the inspiration for it. Do you have any questions for me? And you're probably going to get people asking you questions like, well, what, in, what inspires you or what kind of painter are you, you like anything? And you just mm -hmm. go live for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and that becomes a 24 hour story if you let it replay. And anybody who then comes in and finds you is going to be interested in, you know, get even that more, like you said, like they get a sense of you in the process and it makes people f feel more connected. And I would imagine that this could lead to more sales. I mean, we, if to go back to the business aspect of it, now they're a part of the story. It's not just there's a story behind the painting. It's they were actually a part of it now because they were there in the beginning when it all started. And maybe they're hearing you midway through struggling a little bit. Maybe they're hearing this burst of inspiration from you in another part. I mean, there's so many cool things you could do. And Instagram is a great platform for just quick connections. And, you know, when you say people's names, their mind, their mind is blown, you know, especially. Really? Oh, my gosh. Like, uh, I, I once read in a Dale Carnegie book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. There was a chapter specifically about this. It's the most beautiful sound to a person is their own name. And so when you're live and you just see people commenting, mention their names, okay. they're going to feel like they're connected with you. And there could be some really cool things that can happen as a result of that. Yeah, that's really nice, actually. I do. I have a very strong memory for people. Like this is an interesting thing about being on social media is that I actually really I pretty much know most of my collectors by name. I know which piece they bought or pieces they that's bought. Cool. I, I know bits of stories and I Every year I do a project actually where I connect actual artworks with actual stories from people. Um, and it's only for collectors and I'm just working through the project at the moment. But I'd never really thought about doing that perhaps on a broader scale because it's very, it's quite intimate, I suppose. But yeah, I would, you know, yeah. and, and, and if I'm watching your lives for the first time, I just get on, I just got introduced to you. Mm -hmm. And then you recognize somebody who comes on who's one of your collectors and you start talking to them like your friends and you say, hey, how was that piece I got for you? And I hope it's insp inspiring you and it's in your home. 
I, as a new person, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like you interact with your customers. Like I'm that much more intrigued and excited as an outsider coming in. And that would be kind of cool because th this is a platform for you to continue to connect with those who you've already ha had built a relationship with, plus showcase that kind of understanding of relationship with your customer with new people who would then likely feel very excited to to become a customer and know that you are like caring about them and it's not just about the business. Yeah. Okay. That's nice. I've always wondered if it, yeah, I always thought it might be the other way. It would intimidate people if you call out their name. <laughs> no, it's fun. I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you're like, "Hey, Jim, what are you doing here?" That's obviously going to be a little intimidating. But if you're just like, "Hey, welcome, Jim. Thanks for coming into the, you know, the collector circle. This is where we talk about the art that I do and what inspires it." And I'm so thankful that you're here. We were just talking with Romy, who bought one of my pieces two years ago, and I was just checking up on it to see how she was doing. Oh my gosh! Like I'm, I'm in. You know, this is community that I want to be a part of. Yeah, that's really nice. <laughs> Cool. So Genevieve, we talked about a lot of things today. Anything else? Uh, I mean, we covered a lot of ground and I think there are a lot of good ideas. What, what's your big takeaway from today, do you think? So I think my big takeaway is really thinking about who I'm talking to and being a bit more aware, actually, from the other, other perspectives. It's really great to talk to you, to hear somebody from the other side of the sort of studio who you interact with artists yourself so you you've got a really good insight into that so my biggest takeaway is is to be a bit bolder with my video interactions and to I really like the idea of doing narrated videos I like the idea of creating them as their own art form in a way um yeah so I'm gonna do a bit more of that as well cool well I'm very excited one more time Genevieve and, and if you could spell it out for us just so we know where to go Instagram and, and your website Okay, so Instagram is at Genevieve Leovold. That's G-E-N-E-V-I-E-V-E-L-E-A-V-O-L-D. And then my website is the same, but www.genevievelevold.com. Cool. Well, thank you, Genevieve. We appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing. I can't wait to visit the Instagram and I'm sure everybody else is as well so we can get a sense of the kind of art that you do. And I'm looking forward to seeing some of these things implemented. So good luck to you and thanks again for being with us and, and sharing. Thank you. Thanks for having me and for your insights. It's really helpful. Absolutely. All right. I hope you enjoyed that coaching call with Genevieve Leovold again. All the notes are on the show notes page on the website at askpat.com for this episode. And Genevieve, thank you so much for coming in. I'm looking forward to chatting with you again in the future to see how you've implemented these things and now how we've helped you sort of set these cameras up and sort of leave them be so that you can fully focus on the art that you are creating. Thank you again. And thank you, the listener, for coming in and listening all the way through. I appreciate you so much. If you want to get coached here on Ask Pat, just like Genevieve did today, all you have to do is go to askpat.com and there's a button on that page to click to apply to be on the show. Now, I cannot select everybody, but it's true that I'm not going to select you unless you actually apply. So do that because we're always looking for new stories, new people to help here and coach on the show. And it's one of my favorite things to do. And as always, make sure you hit subscribe because we often bring people back and I plan on bringing Genevieve back in the future and stick around because Later this month, you're actually gonna hear somebody who was once on the show before coming back in a Where Are They Now episode, which used to be just at the end of the year, we would share those, but we're actually, we're sharing them at the end of every month now. So make sure you don't miss that. Hit subscribe, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And again, askpat.com if you wanna apply. And also you can check out our other shows in our archive there too. Thanks so much, take care. I appreciate you. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Peace. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now you might've noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. 
And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.